Welcome back to the Frustration Nation podcast. On this episode, college football's back for real this time. We just had week zero, which was nice, but week one, all the teams are back. College football is back for real. We look at Michigan and Notre Dame and their season openers. And in the middle, we get into more of our segments. We have a draft days. We have another installment of 20 questions that goes a lot better than it did last week. And of course, our event sesh and our final airing of grievances at the end. You won't want to miss any of it. Thank you for tuning in. We hope you like the episode. Welcome to Frustration Nation, presented by Shoot Your Shot Sports. We are the FN Podcast for FN fans of FN sports teams. Every episode, we explore the heartbreak, horror, and humiliation of what it means to be a diehard fan. I'm your pessimistic host in Chicago fan, Furious George, and I'm here with my miserable co-host and Detroit fan, Man in the Michigan Hat. Man in the Michigan Hat, please tell me, what is it that has your blood boiling today? Aggressive feelings, boy. Let the hate flow through you. What I am upset about today, as someone who's kind of newly back as a Michigan fan, is the way that the school is dragging its feet on the new um, name, image, and likeness rules when it comes to players being able to profit in college football. So, obviously, this is game-changing. We've already seen around the league, a lot of SEC teams, Ohio State, like a lot of high-profile teams, fully embracing this. So, you have, I saw a picture of, like, five or six Ohio State players that are all at a car dealership getting brand-new trucks. And it's like, the Ohio State has partnered with Ram, whatever, you know, like, the official players of this, you know, like, there's teams doing this. A college basketball player just went to... Um, to Memphis and immediately got a deal with FedEx. It's like there's all these deals going on across the country. And Michigan is dragging their feet, still putting a lot of just internal rules in place. Like, okay, you're allowed to autograph jerseys and uniforms, but only ones that don't have the block M on it. It's like they're creating all these internal rules because this kind of goes into the bigger problem with Michigan. Like there's this culture and this sense of smug superiority within the fan base, but also just within this, the school culture to where it's like they don't just want to win games. They want to do it the right way. Like we want to win with good grades and following all the rules, even rules that are kind of gray areas that aren't necessarily rules. And this is one of those examples of like, is there any chance any of this could be perceived as hurting our brand or being somewhat shady or unethical? Well, then we're going to be really extra careful to not do that, even though now it's allowed. So for a while, I was fully on board with, I don't even care if you're like Ohio State, the players getting free tattoos or you hear about players getting a car or, you know, their parents' house gets paid off or whatever. 
that was actually, even when it was against the rules, it didn't bother me. I just didn't care, honestly. But now that it's allowed, you have schools like Michigan that are still so superior and so uh, adamant that they do everything the right way that they're getting behind on this NIL thing, which is huge because a lot of players entering transfer portals or declaring for colleges are making that decision now based on scholars, not just scholarships, but like sponsorships they're able to get. And so if Michigan is going to have this perception that this school makes it harder for you to get your money, Michigan is going to be even further behind now these other bigger schools that they were already behind just based on laugh, lack of success on the field. So it's very frustrating that Michigan's uh, arrogance, the school's, again, just sense of superiority continues to hold them back on the football field, even now that it's allowed, like it's still a huge gap in how much they've embraced the new NIL rules. So that's bothered me a lot. Um, it's there's Again, it doesn't get a lot of national attention, because you wouldn't know how much one school is embracing it versus another. But I've seen multiple people who are connected at Michigan attend Michigan. Hunter Dickinson has even said, um, yeah, he kind of wishes he could do more than he does. So it's like a lot of big-name athletes at the school have started to make comments. I just don't think it's a good look. So, yeah, that's my problem today. Gotcha. So for my um, – not my affinity yet, sorry. Um, for my event sesh – it, guess what? Three weeks in a row, it is still about Andy Dalton. And <clears throat> um, probably will continue to be. Yeah, for real. Um, I don't know, dude. Like, Matt Nagy. I don't even have much to say. I feel like all of the... I, I have this story I teach juniors um, where in, in the story there's this kid that gets... Um, stabbed and there's one part where it says all the crying was out of him now like he was so <laughs> he he had cried so Jeez. much that there was nothing left to cry and anyway i can relate that at least with my talking like all the talking i can relate to the kid who was stabbed <laughs> it's a fictional story okay just calm down oh, um all right cool the i feel like, I'm out of words to say. Like, mm-hmm. between what I've tweeted, between what I've said already, there's nothing more to add. I mean, it's clear Matt Nagy wants to stick to a system. He doesn't care what things might have changed. It doesn't matter what differences there are between this situation and the Alex Smith-Mahomes situation. It doesn't matter if... It doesn't matter. Nothing matters. I I feel like even if the NFL were to give the Bears an incentive and say, "Hey, we're gonna pay, um, we're gonna give the team an extra five million dollars in cap room next year if you start Justin Fields Week One," Nagy would still start Dalton. Like, yeah, you you made a joke earlier today. Like Nagy would still trot out Dalton's corpse over Fields at this point, and it's obviously it was a joke, and it's he doesn't have that situation thankfully for Dalton but it would be and Bears fans because he might <laughs> yeah yeah I mean he's so obsessed with this plan and I swear to you I I'm so confident that this all goes back to this whole connection to Andy Reid Matt Nagy worships Andy Reid he talks about him all the time coach Reid oh when I was with coach Reid when I worked with coach Reid oh in Kansas City we did this 
dude, at this point, this is old news. 2017. You've been in Chicago so, long enough that you shouldn't still be referencing that. Right? Yeah. 2017 is a long time ago. You know who won the Super Bowl in 2017? The Eagles. Look at where the Eagles are right now. Things fall apart mm-hmm. quickly. And frankly, like, you were there before the Chiefs even took off. So you need to slow your roll. I know you had a, a hand, supposedly, in drafting Mahomes and developing him year one. But he only played one game under you. Um, mm-hmm. I don't know. I don't know. The thing that blows me away is if Nagy's complaint over the past few years was, oh, well, I have to work with Trubisky. I didn't draft Trubisky. Trubisky's not my quarterback. Well, you finally drafted somebody. You picked somebody. And now you're still not ready to go to him? And all this smacks to me is, is he has a concern about his job, which furthers the point of... That his system is BS and that he doesn't actually have that much confidence in it because if he did, if he had enough confidence in the system and enough confidence in fields, he would be starting him right now. But he is, I think, secretly concerned about his system. And the thing that we're, uh, that you and I have talked about before is just that he's more focused on. Ryan Pace, get me the correct personnel to run this offense as opposed to allow me to adjust this offense to fit the personnel mm-hmm. that I've been given. Yep. I'm not giving Pace a free pass, but I think you'd be hard-pressed to say that Pace hasn't provided overall a decent level of talent on the Bears over the during Maggie's tenure as coach. Mm-hmm. I don't think there's been a, a year where the Bears have been – completely devoid of talent um on both sides of the ball at least there may have been years the offense wasn't where you wanted it to be but he put a lot of good pieces on defense vice versa you know? yeah and i mean yeah. arguably i mean probably you'd say alan robinson's your best offensive player then maybe like a david montgomery or maybe a, a cole Komet, depending on how he plays this year but mm-hmm. right up there is justin fields and i would say that after it's not going to take many starts for Justin Fields to become at the top of that list of your best offensive players. And mm-hmm. Dalton, at best, is a game manager. Dalton, like, the, and the Bears have so many problems on defense. Even, like, the, the cornerbacks is a big problem. In a pass-first yeah. league and in the schedule the Bears have, they're going to get torched week in and week out. And you're going to need an offense to keep up. I know that the... The defensive line is healthy and has looked good, but the secondary, your your cornerback one is Jalen Johnson, who d- was very good last year, but also missed the last like six games due to being injured, and he has a history of like shoulder and back injuries. So you better hope that he is the most durable he's been since like middle school. Okay, um. So anyway, that's my event. It's just Nagy. And Dalton, like it always will be, until he can start Fields. And I'm not even over. I'm not one of those people over here saying like Fields is the next Mahomes. I'm not going to go there because that's putting way too much pressure on him. That's unfair to him. Okay, so I'm not going to say that. I'm also not one of those people over here saying 
you need to start Fields because it's at least more entertaining than Dalton because that's a stupid thing to say. I don't understand. There's a lot of people who are like, oh, well, I'm not going to be entertained with Dalton. It's Bears football. It's no different than any other year of Bears football. The offense sucks. The defense is interesting. And you come back every year for it, okay? Um, mm-hmm. I'm not one of those people. I'm the people that says the correct approach is to start Fields. There's nothing that starting Dalton will offer Fields at this point. Start him. But it's not going to happen. That's my vent. All right. Well, we are through our vent sessions, and so now we're going to jump into the main topics. So we're going to start as we get into college football. We just had week zero. Week one is looming uh, opening games for both of our teams. We're briefly going to discuss, firstly, Michigan football, uh, just kind of what to expect from the team. Um as I said, again, I'm back in on Michigan football and immediately have some frustrations. So that's kind He's of... He's the- all the way in, if you know what I mean. <laughs> oh, yeah. Balls deep. <laughs> um, so You I know that say- one Cards Against Humanity card that says... Which... Um, balls deep into a squealing hog, shooting your rifle in the air? <laughs> no, I don't know that one, but that's vivid. Yes, it is. <laughs> um... So I would say that's my thoughts going into this season. (laughs) Never been more proud to be an American. Um, Going into the year, expectations are at an all-time low, and not just for me, but for the fan base as a whole, I think. Um, I'd say if you pulled most Michigan fans, I'd say like well over half, close to three-quarters of Michigan fans are going into this year with very little expectations, expecting Harbaugh to be fired after the year, which... Michigan has always been a school that has generated a ton of off-season hype. So seeing off-season hype be at an all-time low is kind of weird, but actually refreshing because I'm personally very tired of the such-and-such players saying that this is the toughest everyone's ever looked or this player has gained 15 pounds or lost 15 pounds. He's faster or he's stronger. This guy is... um, showed the most improvement of his entire career this person is on pace to be a future Heisman front runner like I'm sick of seeing all the comparisons and all the offseason hype around Michigan so (coughs) um, going into the year I think I expect what's going to happen is we play Western Michigan week one I, I expect we should win that game if we don't win that game there's something out like even more dramatically wrong just after last year it's so hard to evaluate like they looked so bad last year I could imagine them losing this game yeah. but assuming everything's more back to what normal has at least looked like under Jim Harbaugh I'm expecting this to be like a seven and five eight and four type of year um with losses to the sim to the the usual usual suspects you lose to ohio state lose to penn state probably lose to michigan state and then lose to another wisconsin or whatever you know like it's going to be a lot like the other years i think that that gets harbaugh fired quote unquote like he'll step down you know like the thing you do for a a beloved former alumni uh head coach you know you let him leave on his own terms is the way it looks, but they kind of, you know, pull him aside, tell him this is how it's going to go this off season. So um, based on his new contract, his new buyout, I think they're putting things in place to be able to do that this year. So um, yeah, so I'm back in, I'm going to be watching the games, but with a whole different mindset, 
different expectations. I'll still be upset at the losses, but I think that they're going to be inevitable this year as the season is just going to be the story of how Jim Harbaugh loses his job. Mm. So, yeah. Yeah. Um, <clears throat> Michigan football, I do think, looks pretty bleak, at least in my opinion, from what I've seen and what I know from you. And that doesn't even include the other, like, scandal-related story that you've mentioned that we don't have any new news on at this point. Um, yeah. Yeah, doesn't doesn't exactly look the greatest, but I'm proud of you for embracing your fandom. And it's so frustrating, too, because this year, Ohio State's still going to be good, obviously, because they recruit so well, but they're always going to be good. This year, with a new quarterback, I think they've announced C.J. Stroud is going to be the starter. Never thrown a pass before in a, for Ohio State. So it's like, if, this, if there was ever a year <laughs> to take advantage of like a, a down year Ohio State breaking in a new quarterback Penn State coming off a really bad year who else do you have like Indiana in the division who I think will be good but you should be able to beat them if you're at all a competent team right. or at least think you're able to beat them so it's like that's what's so frustrating going into year seven I believe with Jim Harbaugh you still don't have a team that can take advantage of years like this so um, that's why I think ultimately it will be best for Michigan and when he's let go I, I think I think I don't know if it's going to take a whole new athletic director or what, but, I mean, I think the expectations of Michigan need to be adjusted if Michigan really wants to be taken seriously because, from my understanding, you've told me in the past that the reason Harbaugh stuck around so long is because for multiple years he was getting eight, nine, ten wins a season. And for Michigan, they were like, all right, that's good. You know what? Yep. For some schools, that is good. But for Michigan, who has a very storied past and multiple championships in the past, they are too rich of a school in terms of history and football success to just stand by and say, oh, eight wins is good for this year. Mm -hmm. They need to be competing for Big Ten championships. They need to be competing for national championships, college football playoffs, it, not just these – or Rose Bowls or something at least. Not just these, you know, yeah. oh, the – I don't know. Here we go again with the Bugles Bowl or the <laughs> Double Bubble Bowl. <laughs> they need to be on the same level. Like, I know Ohio State's at an all-time level right now, but to, you need to at least be like what Notre Dame is doing. Like, be able to, and I know it's different with the conferences and stuff, how, like the path to get there, but Michigan should be one of those teams where it's like at least every other year, roughly, you're in the playoff. And you're always in contention. Yeah. Maybe you're never truly Top viewed as a team. Yeah, you're never truly viewed as like, all right, this is one of the best teams in the country who can actually win a championship. But you're at least in the mix. Yeah. And you're at least relevant. And you're making the playoffs multiple times. Like, that's what Notre Dame has done. And Michigan and Notre Dame, like, historically both being big rivals, big brands. Like, it's just astonishing how far behind Michigan is relative to the other teams that they should be in the mix with. So, and I could go on and on, and I don't want it to just become a, a big rambling second vent sesh, but it's like the whole culture of Michigan, and this is, you mentioned the athletic director, like, I think the whole thing needs to be overhauled. Like, and traditionally, they've looked for a coach. They look for a Michigan man, someone from Michigan, Michigan culture. Maybe they should have like, Juwan Howard coach the football team. <laughs> there you go, yeah. I think just the culture at Michigan, at least on the football side, like the basketball side has been 
solid for a long time now, but the football side, like the whole thing needs to be overhauled. So much of the culture is based on the Bo Schembechler era, which is problematic now. Um, a lot of the ideals of we're going to do things the right way are back to my earlier point. Um, even the fan base is very like you go to a game, there's 110,000 people in the stadium and you've never heard a more quiet 110,000 people. Like a lot of the fans are like the, the yuppie alumni, Hey, sit down up there. I can't see the game. Like it's not like the, the hype sec stadium kind of like football crazed environment, just Michigan football is just a different culture and it's not a culture that prioritizes winning. It's a culture that prioritizes its own culture. Yep. You know, so I think the whole thing needs overhauled. I think if it was up to me, Harbaugh would be gone, new athletic director, scrub every memory of Bo Beckler from your team's history, your team's facilities, and you start all over. You get a coach who's up and coming, who recruits well, and you build the whole you try to basically build this thing like an sec team yep you call all your you have a huge alumni base like michigan is one of the biggest public universities with the one of the wealthiest alumni bases in the country you call them you set up funds you set up endorsements you throw piles of money at high school kids and there's no reason michigan can't based on the brand based on the dot the money behind it based on just everything else that's successful with the school. There's no reason for Michigan football to be stuck in the 80 in the 1980s right. culture wise still. Like it's maddening to me. And I, it's not just getting rid of Harbaugh. I think it's a, a cultural overhaul, which starts with getting a new head coach, and, but there's just so much that still needs to be done. And I don't know much about the Bo Beckler era, but again, I just think that if they can adjust their expectations to saying, Eight wins, nine wins, ten wins is not good enough. Every year you should be, in, you should be in close games with Ohio State. You should be close to getting into the Big Ten championship. You should be in the top, maybe at least the top twelve or the top fifteen of mm -hmm. the rankings. Like you, these things need to happen. That'd be your next stepping stone, really, for Michigan. Get into those categories regularly, and then hopefully, before long, you can get into to more top ten, top five, whatever it would be. Um, yeah. So, man, in Michigan hat. Just full disclosure, just xed out of his uh, Streamyard link, and so, oh, <laughs> finally, he's back. I'm back. All right, good. <laughs> My bad. Um. So, but no. Uh. You have anything else you wanted to wrap up with about Michigan? No, I mean as the season goes on, I'll have more thoughts, obviously. Um, but going into this, like again, I'm not going to go position group by position group or talk. This new cornerback has a lot of good reports coming out of high school. Like I do not care anymore. The only thing that matters to me is on-field results, and I need to see week one. I'm not going to learn anything. Michigan could go out and beat Western Michigan 115 to nothing and have an entirely new scheme, and I will not care. Like Until you beat a, a ranked team that matters, which maybe your first chance to do that is Wisconsin. I don't know. Like Until you do something that matters, I do not care. And even when you, if you beat Wisconsin – 
like the most I'm going to say is I'm going to come on here and say, that's a good step. Like I still don't care. Beat Ohio State or fire Jim Harbaugh. The fact that I'm going to be watching the games now doesn't change my expectation. You do one of those two things or I do not care. So It's honestly yeah. embarrassing. That I've watched the past couple, or at least parts of it, the past couple of the Michigan-Ohio State games, and it's kind of embarrassing how both games, like the, the, the two games I've watched every year, there's like a two-hour lead-up to it, all sorts of like interviews with old mm-hmm. and current players and especially the old ones, old footage, like old brawls. And I'm not going like to be that. tuning into any of that this year. I'm just saying, I don't care about the history it's embarrassing of the that they have all this fanfare for it, and then they show out a game where Michigan just gets blown out. Like, yeah. I mean, at what point is it even a rivalry? Anymore? Exactly. Like, it's just the annual. It's like when the. It's like, is it a rivalry every Chris or every Thanksgiving when the turkey gets killed at the White House or like pardoned at the White House? Like, or if you kill a turkey for Thanksgiving or whatever, like it's not a rivalry anymore. It's a tradition. Yep. But one team stomping the other one year after year isn't a rivalry. Yep. You know? Agreed. So, yeah, I'm over it. I'm over the hype. I'm over the – I mean, I'm going to listen. There's several YouTube channels I like and podcasts that uh, talk about Michigan football. So I'm going to be watching those just because I enjoy the hosts. But, yeah, the whole – the the storylines week to week – the way that, oh, this player is surprising some people. He looks like a cross between this guy and this oh, guy. Oh, I, I hate it when not, they do comps. I do not Comps of college care. players. I hate like, that. Like, remember Joe Milton for Michigan last year? Everybody said, he's the next uh, Cam Newton, <laughs> but just because he's tall and mobile. It's like, and unvaccinated. Well, I guess he's similar. <laughs> I guess he is the new Cam Newton because neither one, <laughs> a job. Neither one made yeah. it on their team this year, so. Well, yeah, I, I I'm sick of all the hype, the comps, the the fanfare, the the history. Like, keep all that, shove all of that. I do not care. Um, and I'm going to go into the Ohio State game with the lowest of low expectations, but also with that being the only thing I care about this year. And if they if Michigan loses to Michigan State again, I'm going to stop watching again. I think the rest of the year. Did they so play Rutgers? You cannot lose. Again? I mean. They might lose to Rutgers. I don't know. <laughs> but to me, Michigan State, just because at this point, Ohio losing to Ohio State is bad enough, but they've been so dominant that it's not excusable, but you could almost excuse it. Yeah, I see what you mean. Lo- there's no excuse for Jim Harbaugh to have basically split the games against Michigan State in his yeah, career with, with how bad Michigan State has been. It's just un- inexcusable. Like, there's no rationale for that. So if he... If he loses to Michigan State, I will be calling for him to be fired on the spot. Like he should be fired mid-season if he loses to Michigan State again. Well, would you be happy if they did beat Wisconsin? I mean, I th- my thought would just be <laughs> see what you did there. Inside joke. <laughs> Inside joke. <laughs> With a picture. Yeah. All right. Yeah. I that was totally a joke. I think you've. <laughs> I think you've shared quite a lot. I'm not trying to cut you off. I'm just saying. At this point, nope, it's kind of circular good. reasoning, yep. um, but I'm glad you're back to watch Michigan. I'm glad I can harass you again, even though you're going to agree with all the things I harass you about. Um, <laughs> right. Anyway, um, so let's move on to our first segment of tonight's episode, and that is going to be 20 questions. Stop! 
flip here yeah, let's do coin flip because currently the score is tied negative five negative five so just a reminder on the scoring of this and how this segment works each of us has selected an individual from the sporting world and the other will have 20 excuse me 20 questions to guess who that person is these are yes or no questions only and for every question you have remaining at the end of your guesses, you have you earn a point. So, for example, if you guess who it is in 16 questions, you have won four points. We do allow you to go up to 25 questions, but every question over 20 is a negative. If you do happen to guess it by question 25, instead of it being negative five, you will get a one credit question there so instead it would really just be negative four um we are playing with seven minutes you have seven minutes to ask your 20 questions or 25 questions and we don't know exactly if it's going to be a reward or a punishment for the loser after a certain amount of these but we're right now we're both losing negative five so um go ahead and flip that coin and let's see who goes first all right let's do it you want heads or tails? I'll take tails, but real quick, if I if I win, then I will. The winner of the coin flip guesses first. Okay. You said you want tails. Yes. It is tails. All right. So you're guessing first. That right? is okay. correct. So let me get All right. my notes up so I can type away. So seven minutes. I'm ready to begin. Three, two, hold on. One, start. All right. <clears throat> is this an athlete? Yes. Is this an athlete current? No. All right. Um, is this, does this athlete, did this athlete play a sport that used cleats? No. Is did this athlete play one what's considered one of the four main sports of in America? Yes. All right. Is it an NHL player? No. All right. Um <clears throat> did this athlete play for one of our teams? Yes. Did this athlete play for both of our teams? Yes. Good question. Is it Dennis Rodman? No. Okay. I wasn't sure what the Dennis Rodman movie that was just announced. Um, <laughs> yep. That was a good guess. All right. Uh, let's see here. Man, now I feel like I'm just going to be guessing Pistons and bu- people that were both Bulls and Pistons that I know of. 
Um, Not a bad idea, but... <laughs> I mean, I'm going to do it for a couple of questions here. So, Ben Wallace. No. Okay. Ben Gordon. Yes, it okay. is Ben Gordon. <laughs> <laughs> All right. So, what's your time at right uh, now? My time is at 525. But So, again, is that because I missed when you were explaining it, the rules, even though we came up with it together? I just forgot. So, is that bonus points now, or is that a tiebreaker? No. The 525 is a tiebreaker if you also get the... If you get mine in 10 questions, then we would go based off of time to determine the winner. Okay, so we're just keeping track of who wins week to week? or Because um, right now we're both at negative 5, so I guess right. the time wouldn't really matter. I guess what we'll do is if... or Unless you get points for how many minutes you have left. Let's do this. If it's a tie, so if we both end up with 10, whoever has the shortest time gets an additional point. Okay, works for me. But if if there's not a tie, then you don't get an additional point. So really, it's just stay within the time is the main thing it's for. So that's fine with me. All right, all right, cool. So I earned ten points. That's still a really good score. Yeah, I'm. So you're back to positive five. Out of the red, yeah, positive five. (coughs) I will take that for sure. Not bad. All right. I'm amazed I was able to whittle that down the way I did. You really. The best question you could have asked is right after one of our teams guessing both of our teams because you already knew the sport. That was huge. So, I mean, then I thought you were going to ask Derek Rose before you went to Ben Gordon, but then you started with older players and went to new. Well, which, you said that yeah. I asked if they were current. You said no. Oh, you're right. He does still play for the Knicks. So, yep. Well, good job. Um, I think I do that too often. Sometimes I try to be too cute with it and do somebody who's played for both teams, mm-hmm. which. It can trip you up if you guess the wrong one. Yep. Like, did they play for the Bulls? And you just assume that the whole time. Yep. Um, well, or but it also sets it up for a guess. Yeah. That narrows it down or, a lot. Or <laughs> I'm trying to think. Or like someone like when you did Marion Hosa the one time, even though I got that really right. quickly. Like Marion Hosa only played for the Red Wings for one season. Yeah. Whereas he played for the Blackhawks for several. So if you get something yep. like that, that's that can be tricky. If the where you're gonna think it's Red Wing player, if you guess that first right. or something. Yeah. You know? Yep. Yeah. It's all a game. <laughs> yeah. Or like last week when I did, he coached for the Blackhawks yeah, but didn't Quindle. play for yeah. them or something. Yep. You know. Yeah. All right. Well, that puts the pressure on me. Good round. Right. Uh, I am. Let me get my clock here. Reset. Um. All right, I am ready whenever. All right, good. To well, go. you you tell me when you're ready, and you start your your own clock. All right, I'll count it down: three, two, one, go. Did this person's sport require cleats? Yes. Yes, cleats. That's your favorite question. It is. Yeah. Uh, are they an active player? No. Were they known primarily as a coach? No. Was this an MLB player? No. Um, did this person play for either of our, for one of our teams? Yes. Did they play for one of our NFL teams? No. Did they play for Michigan? Yes. Football. Okay. Question eight. 
not active player. Was this player a quarterback? No. So they were a Michigan football player. Um, did they play? I don't ask that. Are they an NFL Hall of Famer? No. Okay. All right. Time. I've still got five minutes. Um, question 10. I'm going to slow it down a little and think. Not a quarterback. Not an NFL Hall of Famer. Because I was thinking like Woodson. Um, but didn't want to just guess him. Michigan football player. Not primarily known as a coach, so it wouldn't be Jim Harbaugh. Um, do they play on the defense? Yes. Okay. I, I'm going to say, okay, this is what I'm going to say. Okay. Yes, but not primarily. Okay, that's fair. I'm going to add that as a note, though. Need every help I can get. But they did play some defense, at least. Um, did this f- person play for Michigan football before 2010? Yes. Okay. Got an idea again. I'm just going to ask. Desmond Howard? No. Okay. I don't even know who that is. <laughs> a Heisman winner. He's actually on he's on college game okay. days a lot. He does uh TV stuff. Um Hope I'm not like going down a rabbit trail, like taking a wrong a question the wrong way. All right, I've got three minutes left. Question thirteen. <coughs> um, was this a wide receiver? No. Um, did they play for multiple NFL teams? No. Not multiple NFL teams. I guess I don't even know. Didn't even clarify if they played in the NFL. I would assume. Do they play in the NFL? No. Not NFL. Michigan football. 
Is it Gerald Ford? It is. <laughs> I was trying to think of reasons. All right, I've got, I guess time doesn't really matter. I was trying to think of reasons why a well-known enough player for a Michigan team wouldn't have went to the NFL if they were known well-known enough for you to pick them. <laughs> that was good. All right, that was on question 16. <laughs> hey, I'm proud of you. I thought I was going to get you into the negatives again on this one, honestly. I was really struggling until, thankfully, I asked if they even played in the NFL. Yeah. Which, yeah, that was what well, changed I the way I thought about it. I didn't know if you knew that Gerald Ford played for Michigan. Yeah. So, so but yeah, that, was, got, <laughs> that got me because, I'm, thankfully, I asked that. But, yeah, because then it was easier. It was like, why would somebody who's – because if you – you wouldn't pick some guy from Michigan who was so bad they couldn't even make the NFL, you know, some random mm-hmm. player. So, yeah. As far as why they didn't go to the NFL, they either had to have died or, or yeah, something else happened. Like, well, and I careers, never, so. and I never, I never tried to choose somebody that you don't know. Like, I wouldn't go, I wouldn't yeah. look up the Michigan roster from the 1990 right. season. And That's pick, what I was thinking. It's like, you know, yeah. um, so because I also thought that maybe somebody was drafted like during yeah. World War II or something. I was like, he wouldn't have yep. picked somebody like that, probably. So, um, but yeah, so all right, cool. Gerald Ford. The, a couple. One thing that I thought might be a giveaway was when you asked if he played defense, and I said yes, but not primarily because during that era, a lot of yeah. players played both ways. That I did think like who was because I thought about like Jabril Peppers for Michigan. Um, he played. He did primarily play defense though, so I knew it wasn't him. But like now it's very notable when somebody plays both Desmond Howard played special teams and I think some defense Woods Charles Woodson when he played at Michigan he also played a little bit of wide receiver but yeah Mm -hmm. it's like exceptions like that and plus those are older players yeah so yeah Ford played Ford played center long snapper and linebacker (laughs) imagine now somebody playing both center and linebacker yeah it just shows how different the era is because now linebackers have to be way faster than a center could be. <laughs> and centers have to be way bigger than a linebacker could be. So. Fun. Here's a couple fun facts. Um, he knew that he was, uh, let's see, Ford graduated from Michigan in 1935 with Bachelor of Arts in Economics, and he turned down offers from both the Lions and the Packers. Instead, taking a job as the boxing coach and assistant varsity football coach at Yale University. Wow, that's surprise! I thought he would have went directly into a political role. Um, so he went to Yale to pursue law school. Oh, okay. And then huh. he was denied admission into the law school because <laughs> of his coaching responsibilities, conflict of interest. So uh, then he went back to Michigan and got his law degree from Michigan. Uh, from what I can see, the, the thing that know. I think you'd you'd find most exciting here is um, it says throughout life Ford remained interested in school and football. He occasionally attended games. Ford also visited with players and coaches during practices, um, and at one point he asked to join players in the huddle. Before state events, Ford often had the Navy band play the University of Michigan fight song instead of "Hail to the Chief." <laughs> I that's think that's really cool. That is funny. If yeah. I was the president, I would totally do that. Like, no, do that of the school I'm from. Like, right. I don't. People, people don't need to know I'm the president. 
you know? And just pick random songs, too, sometimes, you know? <laughs> yeah, <laughs> right, like this the... time I want you to play Oompa Loompa from the Willy Wonka. <laughs> <laughs> from, from the All right, guys, I've got this six CD. I want you guys to play it X-Ray <laughs> at, like, the State of the Union address or something. <laughs> um, And his number 48 was retired at Michigan. Yep. I knew his number was retired, but I couldn't have told you what it was. So. 48. So, Huh. There you Gerald go. Gerald Ford, the most useless president in American history. <laughs> that is, is that true? I have heard like he was very disliked. He was never elected. And he was, oh yeah, was he a vice president? He was got- never elected to any sort of presidential office because he took over for vice president when Spiro Agnew resigned. Mm-hmm. And then he took over for president when Nixon resigned. So... <laughs> He did not. He was not elected for vice president nor president, and he's the only president to have done so. From what I've heard, he was like kind of a you know like a coach. We'll have an you'll have an interim head coach, and it's like you're a placeholder. He was kind of seen that way. It's like all right, we're gonna put him in here while we're trying to figure out what's going on, you know, like between presidents. So he was still officially a president, but it's kind of like a lame duck didn't really do much accomplished much didn't have any unique perspectives he just was like a placeholder but at least he is not a crook yeah right that's all that michigan cares about he did it the right way yeah right <laughs> never well, accomplished we... anything but he did it the right way well let's see so you got four points on that so you brought your score up to negative one so we leave today's session of 20 questions with a six point spread I'm up five to negative one. Yeah, well, but definitely an improvement for both of us. Yeah, for sure. Yeah. All right, so we are going to transition to our next topic here, which is about baseball. We're going to get back to college football here a little later. Um, but there's quite a bit of drama going on in New York, um, specifically with the New York Mets. And... Basically, there is a lot of Mets fans who are hating on Javier Baez. Mm. And I can understand why, to a certain extent. Okay, as a Cubs fan, um, Baez does not walk a lot. Baez strikes out a ton. (laughs) Yeah. Frequently, I would say, making poor decisions at the plate. So it's not really surprised to me that maybe they're a little upset. And it's a much however, tougher crowd than the Cubs would even would be, you know. However, I think that they are um where the drama takes place is more that the Mets fans started booing Baez when he would come up to the plate or when he would make a bad decision or an error or whatever. Well, then when Baez would hit a home run, he would put his thumbs down to the crowd mm-hmm. as if to boo them. And there was a lot of lashback from the New York fans and the New York media that this was unprofessional, inappropriate, get him out of here, we don't want him on our team, all this stuff. Quite of the rational response for a New Yorker, honestly. <laughs> um, so... This situation has really blown up all over baseball Twitter. Um, what are your thoughts on all of it? 
I, re- I get both sides. I mean, I definitely get the fan side of I've been very upset at my own players before. It's very easy, too, when you're at a sporting event, especially in the heat of the moment, to boo your own team. Like, And I honestly don't think there's anything wrong with that. Um, like, you can express frustration. I don't think that makes you a bad fan. Um, and you're paying to be there. And ultimately, you're a part of what's paying for their salary so it's kind of it's a spectacle and it's an event maybe it's done unfairly at times but i've never had an issue with booing your own team personally unless you're at like a high school game or something it's obviously different but um so i get that side i get why javi baez is frustrated like the mets he's not happy that the mets are doing poorly either just like the fans aren't he has not a ton of control over that he might have been able to play better himself which is a separate issue but I mean a lot of the frustration isn't just at him it's not like he's on a team that's been awesome and he's holding them back and that's why they're upset at him like a lot of the frustrations at the Mets as a whole so I understand why he having just brought into all this is a little resentful like why am I being lumped in with all this so I get both sides I just think that it was dumb of Baez to do this because what did you think was going to happen? You see, like, so, he goes back to the plate and the boos are getting way worse. You see the Mets' ownership chimes in, makes things worse. It's just, like, it's a dumb situation all around because if you're a professional athlete, you have to know that they're going to boo you in situations like this. And you kind of just have to, to accept that, you know? Um, yeah. So, so I would say, one, I agree with you about that. This honestly is probably more than just about him because the Mets, when they acquired him, were in first place, and now they find themselves six games out of first place in their division. Right. Um, with you know we're coming up on the last month here of baseball, so there's not really much time left for them to. Uh, yeah. So, I think there's overall frustration with the team, but Baez stands out because of his stark differences between his strikeouts and his strikeout rate and his walk rate um <clears throat> that being said and it's it's gonna be different because i am a cubs fan i actually understand where Baez is coming from a little bit because Baez stated whether this is true or not this is according to him but he said that the uh, it was a thing that he and the mets started doing when they did well is put their thumb down and the reason they did that is because Mets fans would boo them when they did bad and so they're like our response to that is to boo you the fans when we do well Uh because you boo us when we're bad so we boo you when we're good and I guess it is you know it's kind of an annoying approach but if I'm a Mets fan to be honest I look at that as like hey who cares about booing? This is if this is providing them motivation. If they're turning our booing into them having a motivation to play better, then I don't care if they boo us. Like, I don't really care. And I think it's amazing how sensitive these fans are. Because why would you be so sensitive about a player booing? I I don't. It's the thing. It's stupid because. Booing a single player is a very hard emotional thing for a player to go through because all of the hate is being directed towards a single person. A player booing the fans, 
he is booing a multitude of millions upon millions of people. And everyone that in has, that in the stadium that day weren't the same ones who were there yesterday booing him. Like, <laughs> exactly. Yeah. They don't know. They don't know. You know who he's thinking of, who he's referring to. He doesn't know. The yeah. dudes on the field playing baseball. Okay. Like, stop taking things so personally. Calm down. Okay. I know it's in your New York blood or whatever, but just take a deep breath of that smog and <laughs> calm down. Okay. Mm-hmm. Um, and, and I would look at it as a positive, say, Hey, at least this is motivating him because lately Baez has played well the past few games. So take, take that for what it's worth, but that's my take on it. Mm-hmm. Yeah, no, I think that's fair. I agree. And even though I see both sides, I think as the athlete, um, and again, I don't want to be one of those people who says like, shut up and play the game. You're not allowed to have feelings. You're one of the athletes. Like I understand being frustrated, but I think this just comes with the territory, especially when you were just paid a lot of money to go to a big, to a team in a big city like New York, like same applies for like the giants. Say you're going from um, the Jaguars to the giants. And it's like, now you can't understand why the fans are so much meaner. or Everyone's upset. It's like, yeah, because you went from Jacksonville to the Giants. Expectations or yeah, expectations are different. Fans are more upset more easily. Um, and it might not always be your fault, but you're paid enough money to tolerate it, you know. So yep. um and whether you agree with it or not, I think everyone would agree he made it worse by doing this. So Yeah, I would I would agree with that. Um but I also think like we established a lot of it is a response to the Mets play overall recently. And by him doing that, it just made him kind of the scapegoat. Um, so if the Mets have continue to have a downturn this season, I think Baez will become the poster boy of this, this year's Mets collapse. Mm-hmm. So um, I don't really have much else to say about this. I think I kind of shared my opinion on it. Um, that being that being said, all the Cubs fans saying, bring Baez back to Chicago. We'll show him the respect he deserves and everything. I know that there's a lot of emotions tied up in Baez and Rizzo and Bryant. But the decision was made to trade them. There are, all of them are 30 or soon to be 30. And if the Cubs are serious about building a contender in the future... They have to be investing in the youth and getting guys that are 29, 30 to 31, 32 years old. Those are moves you do when you're ready to compete next year. If the Cubs were ready to compete next year with their young core and they needed a veteran or two to guide them, then yeah, go get Baez or Bryant or Rizzo, bring them back. But you know what? The Cubs are not going to be ready until 2023, 2024. Maybe not even until 2025. I don't know how long this rebuild will take. But going and getting those guys is not a solution at this time for the Cubs. For the Tigers, on the other hand, they are a team looking to potentially contend since they've been on the up and up this year with A.J. Hinch's manager. Somebody like Bryant, Baez, or Rizzo would potentially be a good addition to the Tigers team to have that veteran presence, somebody who's been there in all of the, the big moments um, to help guide the team along. 
Yeah. Um, so, I, I mean, I've said before about Javi Baez specifically that I don't want him on the Tigers. Um, I think that he's an exciting player. I mean, he'd definitely be an upgrade over we what we currently have at shortstop. Um, but I just think that when he's good, he's really good. When he's bad, he's really bad, um, especially with hitting. And he does exciting things on the base paths. But um, I think I'd rather go for somebody who's a little more consistent, even if you're paid more for it. Um, so, no, I like, I like Baez. Just when you get into, like, in general, I mean, the Cubs and the Tigers – the Tigers probably this offseason, and again, I don't think they're going to go out and buy 10 big-name players, completely overhaul the roster, but I think they're going to be buyers this offseason. So the difference between the Cubs just now becoming sellers, the Tigers being buyers, it's going to be interesting because expectations are different for both. Both teams have been in each stage. We both know how both of these things work. Um, it's ebbs and flows. It's yeah peaks and valleys you rebuild and then you contend and then you rebuild again like that's just how sports work um so no the tigers it looks like we're going to be coming out of the rebuild um and again not not meaning that our roster is complete i had a guy on twitter come at me about this when i said that the tigers are coming out of the rebuild he's saying there's still too many holes we're not out of the rebuild yet it's you're i you're being too optimistic i'm not saying that they're out of the rebuild in the sense that the team's complete I just mean they're out of the rebuild in the sense that they're now have made the switch, it looks like, from sellers to buyers. So now at the deadlines, you're not going to be thinking, who can we get rid of whose value is high to get more picks? I think starting this offseason, they're going to start looking at who can we bring in as a free agent that helps this team win now. Um, I think next year, the expectations to be contending for a wild card spot. So um, I think we go out. I think we're going to get Carlos Correa. If it's not him, it's some other bigger name. And I think we get somebody in the outfield, too, who's cheaper than Correa, not as big of a star as him, but somebody who's maybe a veteran, consistent, some somewhat power hitter, can bring at least like 20 to 30 home runs a year kind of thing. Like, I think we make a couple of big moves. Um, and yeah, so again, different stages, different expectations. Tigers still aren't a great team now. But we're starting to make the turn the corner, and I am extremely happy with what I've seen from AJ Hinch at this point. Um, what he's been able to do with how bad this roster is and how badly the team started the year, um, I've been extremely impressed with what he's done. So, um, so yeah. Uh, again, that kind of relates to Javi Baez because he's maybe one of those names that'll be out there. Um, but when it comes to just baseball as a whole, um, something to be watching. Not necessarily this year, but maybe next. So, Definitely. Well, let's move on to our next segment, which is a draft days. With the uh, third choice in the 2002 draft, the Detroit Lions suggest, select Joey Harrington, quarterback from Oregon. With the second pick in the 2017 NFL Draft, the Chicago Bears select Mitchell Trubisky. Things just got interesting. So for this week's draft days, we are going to be selecting the top five worst athletes to have as classmates since it's back to school season. Again, we're looking for the worst athletes to have as classmates in school. Would you like to flip a coin? 
I would. Um, I'm assuming we would both would prefer to go first, so I'll let you call heads or tails, and I'll take tails first. Again. Tails. And it is tails again. All right. So All you right. have the first pick. Hmm. Top five worst athletes. This is this is actually tough. I haven't really even thought about this until now, and now I'm under pressure. Um. <laughs> I feel like this is going to be one of those ones where I'm going to think of an answer and then later on I'm going to think of, oh, I should have said that person. I think after we each think of a couple answers, uh, that'll help us. Like, we'll think of more based on those. We'll yeah. see. Um, so my, my I think my top worst athlete to have as a classmate is going to be Tom Brady. Mm. Um, because we know that Tom Brady is always looking for a way to cheat to get a leg up on um on you and everyone else in the class and i don't want him constantly looking over my shoulder i hope that the teacher does not put me next to him on their seating chart um i hope tom brady i hope they know and the teacher learns pretty quickly that they need to keep him kind of secluded in the class so that he cannot be looking over everybody else's shoulders i would also think that he's probably going to get a few papers with some good grades even though there's gonna be it's gonna be full of plagiarism he's gonna be (laughs) he's really good at using cheating to his advantage and he will probably find a way to do it discreetly so that the teacher does not notice and all the teacher sees is greatness Mm. yeah it's a good one um Speaking of another person talked about in the greatness conversation, I'm going to go with LeBron James. Mm. And with him, it's not just that he's a good student, but what's really annoying about LeBron is he's always transferring schools. And not only does he have to transfer schools, like that year he went down to Florida, then tried to come back to the school, like he's always trying to take all of his friends with him too. So, um, Mm. yeah, super annoying as a classmate. It's like... It's bad enough that you need to go to a new school. Why do you need to take all the other students with you? So hmm. so for my second classmate that I would prefer to not have, I'm a big guy. I love my food. I love lunchtime. Okay. I do not want anybody taking my food from me. And I think a great threat to that is Prince Fielder. And I think you mm. may know what it is I'm referring to. The nachos uh, thing? Yes, the nachos thing. I do not want him unknowingly sneaking food from my cafeteria tray. I paid a good $2 for that cafeteria meal, okay? I'm not on free reduced lunches. I have to pay for it. Don't steal my food, Prince. Mm. That's a good concern. I, I thought when you said that you were going to go a different direction, like uh, with the Jameis Winston stealing the crab legs. That's mm. another one. Yeah, you so. can do that too. But no, that's a legitimate concern. Um the kid who steals your lunches is yeah, a terrible classmate. Yep. All right. I am going to go next. Um, I've got a few ideas. Next, I'm going to go with Ben Roethlisberger mm. uh, for a couple of reasons. Firstly, you can never trust him in the school bathrooms, um, which, <laughs> which is a dangerous dangerous thing um also whenever you go on a school field trip with ben roethlisberger you always have to be concerned about his driving um very reckless driver and it could potentially cause more danger so Mm -hmm. yeah school field trips school bathrooms just 
not safe when you have Ben Roethlisberger as a classmate. So, hmm. yeah, no, I like that. I like that. All right, so for my next pick here, this is gonna be man. I really gotta think here. Uh, let's see. You know what? I'm gonna go ahead and defer this next pick to you because I'm having a hard time from right now. Okay. So after so we'll this, switch I'll, orders and then I'll we'll pick be back twice. To... Yeah, I'll pick okay. twice after this. Gotcha. I'm gonna go next on my list. I'm gonna go A Rod, Alex Rodriguez. Mm. Um, let's be honest. Everybody cheats on the tests. Okay, um, it's kind of a uh, not so secret secret as far as the school systems. Everyone's cheating, but the issue is Alex got caught. So he makes the rest of the class look bad. Now it's out in the open. It has to be acknowledged. And now the teachers are forced to take action with all the rest of us. So the fact that um, he was as bad at cheating as he was is the real issue. Um, so Alex Rodriguez. Hmm. I like that. That's good. Thank you. Uh, my, my, so I, I'm going to pick two now. So my first one is I'm, I'm wanting to get through school without any run-ins with the law. I'm wanting mm. to be clean. I don't want to be influenced by anybody or under the influence, if you catch what my drift is. Mm. And that is why Michael Phelps is a horrible classmate to have. Um, this is somebody who, even though he is an elite athlete in the school, setting records of every kind, um, he is a fan of the reefer. He is always on the devil's lettuce, and yeah. he is um, a threat to me just because he really likes me. He wants to be friends with me, and he wants me to try his weed, and it's very <laughs> tempting. But I I have to avoid it because I do not want to get caught. Dare, Dare. to resist drugs Dare. and alcohol. Yes. <laughs> He's the kid my parents told me about. That's right. Yeah, that's a good one. Better safe than sorry. Yep. You never you don't want to overdose on the marijuanas. Yep. Agreed. All right. And then you had another one or was that your second one? Yeah, yeah. So my next one oh, that's your first one. Yeah. Um this is that theater kid that's just like so annoying. Like <laughs> everything they do is super dramatic and everything they do is just over the top. It sometimes makes me want to puke. I like to tell them to go break a leg. This is Kevin Ware. Oh, <laughs> yeah! Way to be a drama queen. You stop the whole event, make every yep. make the whole thing about yourself. He yeah. quit the whole big dance, shut down, yeah. because he went and he had to break a leg on stage. Yeah, and everyone was horrified by it. So <sighs> I hate that kid. You're right. That's a good one. <laughs> Screw you, Kevin. <laughs> All right, cool. Um, Quick side note, by the way, like. Seriously, though, the kid who's going to steal my lunch, okay? Your name is Prince, okay? G-T-F-O-H, Prince, okay? Can't afford your own lunch there, Prince. Yeah, yeah. Let's see what, let's see what Cecil has to say about this. I'm telling Cecil. <laughs> um, okay. Which is just a classic dad name, too, Cecil. Cecil. <laughs> Or great-great-grandpa name. Yeah. All right. Um, so I don't know about every school, but um, a lot of schools will have, especially if you're like an elementary school, like a class pet, 
maybe it's like a guinea pig or, you know, like a, a hermit crab or something. And maybe even the kids can take the class pet home for a week, right? Secretariat. <laughs> Not a secretary. Okay. <laughs> <Right>. <laughs> um, well, what I'll say is our class dog has not been the same ever since we let it go home with Michael Vick that one week. So uh, Mike Vick is terrible classmate. I don't know what he did to old Sparky, but uh, she's never been the same after that week. <laughs> <laughs> oh, poor Sparky. Um, all right. So I'm on to my final pick. And I got to tell you, I, I, I keep having different ones like flood my head as I'm getting ready to finish this here um so i think what i'm gonna do though is i'm gonna go with somebody that again i'm trying to watch out for myself i'm wanting to be successful in school and i'm concerned about getting in with the wrong crowd i'm concerned about um being encouraged to be tardy to be absent to be going crazy on long weekends to not really care what other people think of me. Um, it doesn't really matter. I think you know who I'm thinking of Do based it. on your reaction. And this is Dennis Rodman. Yes. <laughs> I was thinking about doing that at one point. He was, he was going to be my honorable mention if he wasn't. And your honor roll mention? Honorable. My honorable mention. <laughs> yeah, he's the the stereotypical party animal who cuts class. Uh, yep. Yeah, to to go party. It, he has yeah. piercings and tattoos and dyes his hair. He's a rebel. Yeah, he's dangerous. A dangerous rebel. My parents would always say. My parents. My mom hates when I hang out with Dennis. <laughs> <laughs> you are not allowed to see that boy again. <laughs> All um, right. So that rounds out my list. All right. Classmate. Another honorable mention. Um. Yeah, this doesn't count because it's not a classmate, but worst coach you can have at your school, uh, Jerry Sandusky. Mm. Yeah, I've heard, uh, mm -hmm. yeah, not a very good yeah. teacher to be around. Um, uh, and I'm, also another, like, really lazy classmate is yeah. um, he's always just hanging around. That's Aaron Hernandez. <laughs> I mean, jeez. <laughs> um, so it's kind of similar thought as far as like you don't want to be with the wrong crowd who are the kids who are like the bad kids at school um so there's no denying that this kid's really talented he's super smart has a ton of potential but the problem is he wastes it because he never takes school seriously um and uh terrell owens like it's time to grow up dude like we get it you're the class clown you're really cool you get good grades without trying but it's the senior year and you're still goofing around, um, trying to make fart noises during tests. Yeah. Like, you're, I actually you heard, know. I actually heard his best friend, Mr. Ochocinco, mm. in the Mrs. Cincinnati's class, is also causing a lot of problems. Those two have been trouble ever since they came to school together. It, they have, and it's like you get guys did so well. Uh, the teachers loved you. You got great grades, but it's like at some point you're just not mature enough to progress with the rest of the class. So, so I'm sorry. You were fun to hang out with. Um, everyone will look back and say you're one of the brightest kids they've ever taught. But yeah, I just, I don't know if you have the maturity to be able to, uh, to be a good classmate. Yeah. 
Um, well, I don't know if you have any more honorable mentions, but I definitely have one of Go note. for it. Um, so this is one of those students who's always, like, they are constantly breaking the rules at school. Like, all they do is they're a rule breaker, um, but they are very, a very, very charismatic, and they are clever to get out of it so people never think that he the administration never think that he mm. could possibly have done these things um and what makes it worse is the only, the the few times where they do think he's done something wrong he runs so fast away from the police officer well, actually it's a little bit more like a kind of a slow jog away from the police officer um that uh but the police officer doesn't try to tackle him or anything that he lets him get to where he needs to be even though it's a slow jog um you know ultimately um there's no i in team but there is an i in acquit and this is oj simpson (laughs) (laughs) i wonder where you're going with that that's a good Yeah. yeah yeah that kid is trouble um yeah must have a lot going on at home yep yeah Another honorable mention is this guy, he tries to be like, it's funny because now it's easier to think of some now that the draft's over, but um, like he always tries to paint himself as like the good kid. You know, he goes to all the the school Bible studies and everything. It's just like Mm -hmm. um, Mm -hmm. he has this perception as a good kid, but man, Philip Rivers has had sex with like half the girls at the school. Like (laughs) that dude is always clapping Mm -hmm. cheeks and busting nuts. And it's like, yeah, I think that's. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. Philip hey. Rivers is just no. I mean, keep it in your pants, Philip. Yeah, no, that's a great example. Um, I had one more honorable mention, and it all of a sudden escaped from me, and I'm trying to remember what it was. Um, but yeah, I think maybe maybe we'll just end there with Philip Rivers. So, mm-hmm. um, finally, my list of classmates that I do not want that are athletes are Tom Brady, Prince Fielder. Michael Phelps, Kevin Ware, and Dennis Rodman. Uh, I've got LeBron James, Ben Raplisberger, Alex Rodriguez, Michael Vick, and T.O. Terrell Owens. Mm. I remembered my other honorable mention. Yep. Um, you could kind of – let's see. How do I want to put – I'm, I'm going to go with um, – yeah. So this is you, – you know how there's always the kid in your class that has bad hygiene – Mm-hmm. And they're always smelly. They're always farting. They are always looking like they need to go to the bathroom. And sometimes they'll just get up in the middle of class. Even though class is almost over, they'll get up and they'll tell the teacher, I, I really need to go to the nurse. I think I'm hurt. And then they'll take a little weird poop jog to the bathroom. <laughs> Lamar Jackson would be another <laughs> awful classmate. Yeah, like, go to the bathroom before class, dude. Like, how yeah. many times do we have to have this conversation? Like, I actually if, understand why the teachers get so frustrated with you. If the sloppy joes and refried beans don't agree with you, then pack your own lunch, okay? Yeah. Tired of seeing you walking out of class mid-crap, prairie dogging, trying to clench <laughs> your cheeks together, stop that thing from escaping. Yeah, it's just... Yeah, Paul Pierce did that, too. You remember that year he did that in that's class? Right, that's right. He that's got right. up and, like... Just kind of shuffling out of class weird. Didn't want people to see the stain on his pants. <laughs> yeah, I forgot yeah. about that one. It's <laughs> a good one. Yeah. Good pull. Good pull. 
All right, so let's finish off our main topics here with me breaking down Notre Dame very briefly for you. Um, I was having a senior moment, if you will, before the show, and man, Michigan had reminded me that Jack Cohn is the quarterback for Notre Dame. This is where my newness of Notre Dame fandom will show because I know very little about Jack Cohn. I have done literally zero reading about him, hence why I couldn't even remember his name. Um, Makes sense. I, I don't know much of what to expect from this team this season. Most of what I can say is based on those who are the stars of the team. So I'll start with the running back, Kyron Williams. He had a really good year last year. He was, I think, one of the top, if not the top-rated running back, I think according to the AP poll in college football for this year. So expect him to be very good. And then Chris Tyree, who's actually the second running back, actually was also listed on like the top 50 and he and uh williams were the only two running backs from the same team listed on in the top 50 so that's an accomplishment i would expect a lot of the offense especially under new quarterback to run through (coughs) the running backs so we will see this is the second year under tommy reese's offense um which has been okay it's been it, it's been okay. Um, it, it hasn't been great. There's been a few good play calls. One that comes to mind is the play call that was a Ian Book. Um, a long, it was like a, I want to say it was like a 60-yard touchdown against Clemson at Notre Dame last year. Um, a really well-drawn-up play. The wide receiver got separation. Ian Book made the throw. It was, it was a really good, notable play from that game. Um, but there's been other times the offense hasn't looked like it's really doing much, which to double that with being a Bears fan really sucks. Um, then the other offensive player that I'd like to shout out here is Michael. Um, I don't remember if he, he says Michael Meyer or Michael Mayer, but it's spelled M-A-Y-E-R. I think it's Michael Meyer is how he pronounces it. They like to play the uh, Halloween theme in the background. <laughs> when he makes a catch usually um he was a freshman last year a true freshman and he got a lot of playing time and he the only he was basically by the end of the season became tight end two behind tommy tremble and tommy tremble's gone now it is michael myers show and he is this kid is going to be really good i think michael myers is going to be a really good nfl talent when time when it's all said and done from Notre Dame. So expect a lot of the offense when it's not going through the running backs to be going to Michael Meyer. I think he'll be targeted a lot, and I think he will have a really good sophomore season. On the defensive side of the ball, um, really the biggest notable one is safety Kyle Hamilton. He looks the part of an N- a future NFL defensive stud. His biggest problem is his health. Um, he's honestly kind of a skinny guy. I don't know if he was able to bulk up over the offseason, but bulking up would definitely help his durability. Um, and, yeah, he doesn't need really any help with quickness. Like, he's got all the features you would want out of a secondary player, but he needs a little more durability so you can count on him. So I'm hoping we can get that from him this year. Um, really the only other <laughs> defensive guy I know is Myron... Uh, what is it? Um, Myron Tagovaiola Mosa, and that's because he's the cousin of Tua. Um, hmm. He's been fine 
I mean, it's not like he's a star. I would see him probably getting... I think this is his senior year at Notre Dame, and he's defensive lineman. I think I could see him probably getting maybe a sixth, seventh round shot from a team, um, unless he has a, a crazy good year. Um, I could see him being given a shot, see if he can make the team off the practice squad. Um, but I, I, I think he'll be good, but I don't think he's going to mm-hmm. be like... He's not going to be on the same level that Jeremiah Usukormo was last year. Um, or, yeah. So that's kind of my thoughts on the Notre Dame players. As far as coaches go, um, Brian Kelly back again. Um, though he hinted recently that his time is potentially drawing to a close at Notre Dame. Did you see this at all? No, I hadn't. So Notre Dame hired over the offseason a new, a new defensive coordinator named Marcus Freeman because they're, the current defensive coordinator they had, I can't remember his name, but took a job at Vanderbilt. Hmm. Um, so Marcus Freeman was the uh, defensive coordinator at Cincinnati. And if you know anything about Cincinnati, they've been quite good lately, and their defense particularly has been quite good for a what I think most people would consider a lesser quote-unquote school. Marcus Freeman also brings with him apparently a reputation for recruiting very well. Um, so having him as a very critical added piece to this um, Notre Dame team. The piece, mm-hmm. though, that I want to focus on here that's interesting is I didn't hear the exact quote, but Brian Kelly basically let it slip that Marcus Freeman is intended to be the next head coach of Notre Dame when Brian Kelly is done. It's unclear when that happens. I think Brian Kelly's contract is up in 2023, I want to say. So he still has a few years left. Um, but I think Marcus Freeman would be a good selection based on just the success of Cincinnati. We'll see how he does with Notre Dame over these yeah. next couple of years. Um, but I think he would be a great option for that from what I know about him currently. Um, that's so, interesting. Yeah, that's what's interesting going on with the coaching side. As far as the schedule, um, op- Notre Dame opens the season against Florida State in Florida on Sunday night of Memorial Day weekend. I hate it. I wish you could just play on Saturday like college football is supposed to be, but <laughs> yeah. whatever. Um, they play Toledo, Purdue, Wisconsin, Cincinnati, which there's kind of a rematch with Mark mm. for Marcus Freeman, Virginia Tech, USC, North Carolina, Navy, Virginia, Georgia Tech, and Stanford. So the 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 middle of your schedule is the gauntlet. If you make it through the gauntlet, you've got a great shot for a playoff appearance, probably. Um, Florida State, unranked. Toledo, unranked. Purdue, interesting game because it's Indiana versus Indiana, but Purdue's unranked. Probably not a serious threat to number nine, Notre Dame. Um, The next week, week four, Notre Dame is playing Wisconsin at Soldier Field. Um. That's yeah. one of those – it's the Shamrock Series game. Wisconsin enters the season ranked 12th. It's kind of a gimmicky game. Those games are always kind of up in the air. Um, I love those kind of games, though. Oh, yeah, because – Like when Wisconsin played who, LSU, right, last year or two years ago? Yeah. And Lambo or whatever, it, at least they were supposed to. Yeah, it's yeah. neutral site. It's neutral site, and so that's what's 
what's great about it. Um, yeah. Next week after that, Cincinnati at Notre Dame. That's going to be a tough game. Cincinnati comes in the season ranked eighth, so one spot above Notre Dame. Mm-hmm. Then you have Notre Dame visiting Virginia Tech. Um, Virginia Tech is not ranked, but just by virtue of traveling on the road after a couple hard games, that makes it challenging. Then you have USC playing Notre Dame, classic rivalry game. USC is, continues every year to get higher and higher up the ranks at the beginning of the year. They're currently 15th. Um, then you have North Carolina ranked 10th. Yeah, they're solid. And then you have the Navy game, which is always tougher than it should be. So that's, that one, two, three, four, that six-game stretch in the middle of the season is what makes or break the season. Um, for Notre Dame at least so I'm very much looking forward to it I'm just ready for football that I care about to start I know we had week zero I know we had preseason football but I'm ready for regular season football that I care about to begin and Sunday at 7.30 on ABC I think is when it begins Notre Dame versus Florida State let's go yeah I mean, obviously, Michigan and Notre Dame are in very different places, very different expectation levels. Even if this year is maybe considered to be possibly a down year for Notre Dame with a new quarterback, like still expectations have been higher than at Michigan. I get that there's a difference. But both of us are kind of going into this year not specifically excited about specific things on our team, more so just excited that football's back. You know, like Amen. we're both kind of we're just kind of waiting to see what the season will bring. I'm a lot more pessimistic than you are for good reason. Um, but both of us are kind of at the point, let's just see the games. Like, no more off-season hype, no more predictions. I, like, we're giving our thoughts on what we think is going to happen here. But I am personally at the point where I'm just beyond ready to have actual games to react to. Yep. I'm, I'm right there with you, brother. All right. Well, that's some positivity, something to look forward to. But... Once again, we need to get back to what makes this show unique, and we need to air some more grievances. You fool! I've been trained in your Jedi arts by Count Dooku! final airing of the things we're frustrated about uh so let me go ahead and just jump in with mine i got three things that are upsetting me this week firstly people on twitter have no sense of humor um it feels like every Tell week it gets it. worse and worse you tweet something that's clearly a joke like i made the comment and said replying to somebody i said this is why you should have to pass an iq test to be able to post on twitter or something like that i said free speech was a mistake thanks a lot thomas jefferson <laughs> like clearly a joke right and i had some guy comment back and say um something about libtard communists trying to take away free speech like took it very seriously i was like dude if you can't understand that this was an obvious joke and you think i actually want free speech to be abolished because of a comment i made on some jokey sports tweet it's just like people are so 
have so little awareness on Twitter and so little sense of humor or ability to read. I know sarcasm can sometimes be hard to read online, but it's not that hard, guys, in, in most situations. So no sense of humor on Twitter. I also have another problem. I've got two fake teeth. My two front teeth are fake from a baseball accident where I was playing shortstop and I ran into an outfielder who never called me off. Um, oh, that's not concussion. that is not what I expected you were going to say. What did you think I was going to say? I mean, I thought you were going to say you took a ball to the mouth. Oh, no, that would be way worse. Okay. Like. No, this, I was playing short. I ran out trying to field something over my head. It was going to be a really tough catch. I kept waiting for the outfielder to call me off, but he didn't. He was playing pretty deep, so I was like, I guess I'm just going for this, going as fast as I can. And I don't remember anything after that. Just I remember waking up on the ground and moving my mouth around. Was like, is there dirt in my mouth? And my two front teeth just crumbled into powder. And it was like the most surreal thing. <laughs> so my front teeth, about a, a quarter of it, of each one is left. So I've got like caps on each of them. When, and when did this happen? I was in high school. It was like probably a sophomore or something. And you're blaming um, other people for your mistake? Yes. <laughs> <laughs> he was supposed to call me off. True. Um, true. <coughs> if he was close enough to run into me, he was close enough to make the catch and call me off. So. Yeah, you're right. And the worst part is the guy who hit it got an inside the park home run. Because <laughs> we're both, we both, uh, like, we're knocked out. And so I think the third baseman came over and got the ball. But um, anyway, <laughs> it was rough. Um, so long story short, my two front teeth have, like, these caps on them. And they've already had at one point chipped again just when I was eating food they put another cap back on it and told me hey these things are like pretty temporary you know like we'll continue it's like a mold thing that they put onto the teeth um, and they say like yeah but it'll uh, at some point could lose it, it, like it could not adhere anymore and fall off it's gonna chip more easily than a regular tooth will and so I've got like these tiny chips in them and now what I finally have on the corner a chip that's actually big enough that it's not a huge deal, but you can kind of notice it. So I'm going to have to schedule yeah, I can tell. again. It's right. I've got this huge gap in my teeth. So it's just frustrating. So like, is this my life now? Like as an, <laughs> I'm just old apparently. Cause now it's like, I mean, it just every few years now for the rest of my life have to like get these teeth fixed. So it's just super, super annoying. Um, thanks a lot, Chris. Uh, <laughs> and then my third one, the Donda album finally dropped from Kanye, and it was very whelming. It wasn't <laughs> overwhelming or underwhelming. It was just I was whelmed by it. Um, it was overhyped, obviously, which, again, I don't hate him for that. It just means he's really good at building hype, building a brand, and all that. Like, good for him. But it just... I can appreciate something for the influence it has. Like, he's had a lot of influence in the hip-hop space and still just kind of think it's not my thing like overall just a pretty whack album it, the song the album starts you should listen it's called donda is it donda beat or donda i forget what it's called but it's just a woman saying donda 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 over and over again no music or anything behind it super weird that's i know that's art con i know it's kanye's thing he's very abstract i'm sure somebody online is going to explain how this is actually the most well-written song in human history somehow um but I'm just personally, Scoop I think poop. I, Scoop, <laughs> poop, poop. 
Actually, this is a commentary on social justice. If you look at every second letter, so I'm just I personally I'm I think I'm out on Kanye. Like I appreciate a lot of his older stuff. I think he's one of the biggest names and has done a lot for the industry. But this album was very mediocre compared to the hype it's been getting. So, yeah, that is what I the, my final grievances I had on this episode. What are yours? Yeah. So. Um... I have a potato chip stuck in my real tooth. Um, no, just wow, ki- nice, dude. Yeah, no, just kidding. <laughs> uh, <laughs> Must be nice. Mmm, <laughs> <laughs> sour cream and onion flavored. No, um, <laughs> no. For me, um, I'll start with yeah. I'll start with this. That's more actually frustrating. So. If you're a longer-time listener, you know that back in March, I had a vent sesh that was repetitive about the situation with our minivan that had a bad a transmission that went bad and had to get it replaced. Well, over the weekend, um, we were driving home from Chicago, and we were about halfway, and we got off, we exited off of one highway to get to another, and started hearing whining in the car when I would accelerate the same whining I had heard back in March wasn't quite as bad of a situation like in in March it would whine and then I it would whine when I was idling and then when I would hit on the gas the RPMs would just like shoot all the way up you'd hear the engine rev and nothing and then it finally would it would catch and go Hmm. it never got that bad but there was clearly something wrong and so I stopped. We're an hour and a half away from home. And I'll, I mean, I had a panic attack. Legit. Not not a joke. I legitimately had a panic attack. My heart rate, my resting heart rate was like a one, was 120 BPM, which is not a resting heart rate um, for those <laughs> of like you. like a cardio heart rate. <laughs> yeah. A light cardio. Um, yeah. So... Anyway, I, I'm I'm obviously fine because I'm talking on this podcast, but it's very frustrating. We, we it's coming at literally the worst possible time because we just closed on a house like a month and a half ago, so we don't have much extra money from that. We are only one paycheck in with our new jobs, and so we're still trying to figure out how th- that new money is going to work, mm-hmm. and we have our first mortgage payment due. So all this stuff is happening at once, and basically the conclusion is we don't have any extra money to put aside to pay for a transmission. So it's very frustrating, and I don't know if the transmission needs to be replaced. I'm hoping that it doesn't. I'm hoping it's just little things. But, man, it is very frustrating that this van who just had a transmission rebuilt in March, which was five months ago, Mm-hmm. is now having the same issue again in just five months. And, of course, because we have family in two different states, we travel a lot, we went to Florida during that time, we burned through all of the mileage that was included on the warranty we were given, so we can't mm-hmm. get a new transmission from that. So I, I'm going to be saddled with paying for it somehow, some way. And it's it, it's just disheartening. Like, this is almost more sad than it is frustrating. Um, however, um, let me add something that is frustrating to this. I had it towed 
to this one shop near me and I called them the next day to see if they got the car to tell them what this one need done on it this is on a Monday okay they mm-hmm. said okay let me look at the schedule yeah we can get around to looking at it next Tuesday so next Tuesday like a week from today yes like so on Monday when they're telling me this it's like eight days from now we will be able to look at it that's not even us working on it. This is us writing a diagnostic to tell you what's wrong with it. I have to wait Jeez. over a week for you to do this. And I understand that their schedule is busy. I understand that because of COVID, like supplies are in um, high demand. And so there's not enough supply and all the other economic terms that we've learned, like the invisible hand. I don't know. That somehow applies here too. Um <laughs> Adam Smith, read a book, people. Um, But it's frustrating to me that I understand that if people have a schedule, if they scheduled an appointment for their car, that you need to honor that. But at the same time, I feel like there should be a little bit of precedence taken based on the severity of problems of a car. Like, so what? Maybe you have a day slotted full of oil changes. That's great. Oil changes are important, and you should get your oils changed every like three to six thousand miles depending on what kind of oil you have that's a psa for all of you out there but Thanks, yeah you're welcome um and change your don't be a dipshit change your dips check your dipstick <laughs> nice. um good advice yeah that's right um but i feel like a transmission like that's a serious problem like if i had blown a head gasket serious problem engine like these things are serious problems and they're lucky that I have another car and they're lucky that my wife and I work at the same place because if we didn't then renting now I'm renting a car because they can't look at this for a whole week and I'm not asking like I'm listen I said I'm tight on money honestly buying time would do me good because I could save up money to pay for it okay Mm -hmm. but I would at least like to know what's wrong with it and what i'm expecting because in my head i'm like okay i'm gonna need a few thousand dollars to pay for transmission but if the transmission is fine and there's another issue with it maybe i only need a few hundred i don't know and neither do they and neither does anybody because they can't look at it for still a whole week and it's very frustrating that's that i don't want there's a silver lining to it but i'm not going to get into it because we don't do that anymore on this show screw the silver lining screw it no resolution whatsoever. <laughs> the other thing, I last Friday wore a shirt to school called, that said Da Bears on it. That's my one of my favorite Bears shirts. Just simple, classy. Yep. I wore it because one of the most popular teachers in the building is a very overt Packers fan. And mm. he's hilarious. Like, I, you would like him. Like, everyone gets along with him, but he's Doubt a Packers it. fan. And yeah. he invited me to join his fantasy league, and he filmed a video of himself with a Packers foam finger inviting me. So I responded with me wearing, I was wearing a Bears hat, aviator sunglasses, my Da Bears shirt. I was holding a Walter Payton bobblehead, standing in front of a Bears sign, and I gave my retort. Um, but ever right. since that Friendly day, banter. Yeah, I saw there were multiple kids who who pointed at my shirt and shook their head. Apparently, there's a lot of stupid Packers fans at the school, 
and oh, they no. i had this there's this one kid who's still this is now the next week okay he said to this to me on friday he said it so far on monday and today whenever he sees me he point he points at me and he says packers are better the packers are better Packers are better and it's one of those things where I know he's saying it to get a rise out of me and I know I should resist but I cannot keep my mouth shut because I know that the Packers time is coming to a close but unfortunately for him because he's a kid he's like well it doesn't matter if the future is coming like if their future is coming to a close right now they're good and I can't deny him that so I can here's what you do I just can't wait for next football season when Packers are in shambles. You pull them aside and you say, listen here, you little shit. Much like your parents' marriage, the Aaron Rodgers relationship with Green Bay is going to come to an end very soon. You can run from it. You can hide from it. You can try to put it off. But you're going to have to grow up as a high schooler knowing that the best you've ever seen of the Packers is behind you, just like your life. You're going to be living in the past just like the Packers have. So, yeah, enjoy this year, bud. Like, that's what you should just pull him aside, lay down the law, give it to him straight, because uh, otherwise he's going to just try to walk all over you this whole season. So The student I was referring to is my daughter. No, I'm just kidding. <laughs> Plot twist. <laughs> um, no, I'm not going to say that because that is, that's a good way to get to F-I-R-E-D. Um, so I will let you take control okay. of that hypothetical I'll hand, scenario i'll yeah. handle it for you yeah yeah when you, you come won't to, be hearing from him when again. you come to pick up <laughs> chromebooks in a few weeks let me know <laughs> there you go. Know. <laughs> I mean, send this straight. kid back to help load things up and yeah. uh i'll have a different attitude when he comes back to your class <laughs> he's not even in my class i see him in the lunchroom that's the worst part yeah, like, he bullies I, don't even, you in the lunch I don't even know his name <laughs> yeah so that's the worst is like kids are like that they have like a one track mind where it's like they'll think something's funny and just packers better packers better that's all they'll say over and over it's just like that's the most frustrating part is that it's not even like an intelligent roast or anything it's just like the same thing over and over again well because i'm also like what am i supposed to say nope no they're not yeah that's that's (laughs) what i say usually it's like yeah nope but it's like all you can yeah yeah so it's 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 frustrating that's why it's uh uh one of my grievances and my final Ooh. grievance for today. It makes sense to me. Um, well, cheer up, Furious George. You know what they say. Some things in life are bad. They can really make you mad. Other things just make you swear and curse. When you're chewing on life's gristle, that grumble, give a whistle. And this'll help things turn out for the best And always look on the bright side of life Always look on the light side of life That is what we're frustrated about today. What about you? Share your frustrations with us or about us at Real FN Podcast on social media or frustrationnation at shootyourshotsports.com. Go voice your frustrations and leave us a review. If you're frustrated that this episode is over because you want to hear more, be sure to look for new episodes every Tuesday, everywhere you can get podcasts, and be sure to subscribe. If you get as frustrated as we do or you just enjoy hearing us gab, consider supporting the show on Patreon for a monthly subscription 
or Venmo tip jar for a one-time donation. Every little bit helps. Even $1, which is only 120th of how many hours Furious George will spend listening to this song during college football this weekend makes a big difference for us. We appreciate the support. Now get out there and F Notre Dame. And don't cancel the leprechaun, please. <laughs> if you do, then you have to cancel Lucky Charms. It's a deal, okay? It's a combined deal. Sacrifice that I am willing to make. <laughs>